0: And I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church. Once again, I have Miss Mona here with us. Hey, Miss Mona.
1: Hey, it's good to be here. And I am I wanted to say that I'm so thankful for those of you who are listening. So we're glad that you're with us um, on whatever, whenever it is that you're listening to us.
0: Amen, amen. We are because without you, we would not have listeners. <laughs> so we're so glad you're with us. So today, we're transitioning from studying about the word um, to just a different aspect of studying about the word. Um, you. I think I quoted it a few weeks ago that the text without context is nothing more than pretext. So we're going to look at a couple of passages if we can get to them today. We may only get to one. Probably going to get to two, but some passages that are taken totally out of context and used. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Not taken totally out of context. I would say their principles are there. But they are used in a way that was not scripturally, contextually meant.
1: Right? Would you yes. agree with that agree that, with that way? Yes.
0: Um, because everything has context, so you just cannot. You have to be very careful how we pick and choose verses and just pluck them out right. and say, "Boom!" and right. build your theology based upon that.
1: Yes. Um, because I, we do that, <clears throat> I and mean, we it's we pick out little, sometimes even segments of verses that we want to memorize in, um, or that we want to claim for our verse of the year or verse of the week or verse of our life. But um, but we don't think about what all the verse says, what the verses before and after it says, what the um, passage, where it is, says and what the context of it is.
0: Right. So whenever you're going to do very good exegesis of a passage and you're going to really look um, to gain all the meaning from it, You have to look before a verse and after a verse to make sure you're getting exactly what the author is talking about. Because especially I know the one that we'll do second today, um, it is just so often used for triumphalism Hmm. is is a word that it's really used for. And um but it was not that's a big word. Yes it is that's my big word that's for the day.
1: Word.
0: Um but the passage is not anything about that. Right. Not even at all. <laughs> so but we're gonna start in your Bible today. Um I chose one verse and Miss Mona chose one, and she has chosen Romans eight twenty-eight. So hit it.
1: Um uh, Romans eight twenty-eight is probably familiar <laughs> to many of you. Um and I'm gonna read it and it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And um, I think that what many people read this verse and hold on to this verse, that no matter what comes, I'm going to be okay. Right. I'm going to be fine. Right. Because God works everything for good. Um, and they don't consider what that word good means. Right. Um, so. First we need to acknowledge that it's written for believers.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely.
1: And so we can't it says it's for those who love God. It says that the, it's for those who are called according to his purpose. So a definition of who is given right there in that in that verse. And exactly. so we need to um keep that in mind that it's not um you know for any unbelievers that we might have in our lives that we might want to say this to. It's not for them. Um, it is written to believers. It speaks about believers. And so it is um, something that uh, believers can hold on to.
0: And Gresh, um, one thing I would add, the, the truth of the matter is, yeah, things always are good for the believer. No matter what happens, you die, you go to heaven. For right. me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Right. We can go to Philippians 121. Um, but yeah, so often I've heard we people discuss that verse and They're putting it for a non-believer in my mind and I'm screaming inside of me going, no, 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 no. That person cannot claim that verse because they don't know the one who wrote the verse. Right, right. And they don't understand what the purpose is for that person's life. The purpose for an unbeliever is what? Anything, nothing, to try to gain the world, which is gaining nothing ultimately. Right. But for the believer it's and I know you're going to get to this point but for the believer the goal of our life if you break it all down is to know Jesus more and more and to look more and more like him every day
1: right which is what if we look at the context of this verse which is what we see verse 29 then says for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among among many brothers. And so there we have the definition of that good, that we would be conformed to the image of God's son, that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. And so the things that come into our lives, whether they be good things or tragedies, um, are there for the purpose of causing us to become more like him. Um And that's the good mm-hmm. that is being talked about. We um I think that we tend to think about this in, in terms of our health, our wealth, our happiness, that um that God's going to work all things for my good in those areas. That if I can claim this verse and say, I'm going to have wealth, I'm going to have good health, even if bad health comes, I'm going to have good health. But we know that that's not always true. You
0: no, know, everybody does not get well. Right. And so and I've had to deal with that over time that people have asked me, Well, why did, you know, my whomever, aunt, uncle, mama, daddy, whatever, not get healed when this person did. And and sometimes this person may be an unbeliever, but this person is a believer. And I'm just like, Well, you know, they go to the usual things, they got the ultimate healing. They're in the presence of the Lord. Um but at the same time, God was doing something through that sickness for that person. Right. And and not just for that person. Sometimes the good can be that person's life, God showing up in that person to affect others. Right. Mm-hmm. And how amazing is that. Right.
1: And so in and you were sharing a story earlier about um someone who walked through cancer and and became a better Christian. I don't know if I like that phrase, but became closer to Christ and more like Christ through that and I have the same story that you know a a someone who walked through cancer chose joy in the midst of it and said she never would have known Jesus mm-hmm. the way that she did because of that cancer um and and so we have to be careful that we are not describing and defining that's the better word defining good according to what the world says right. Because that's not what it's talking about. And and I mean, and that's throughout the viral, that it's not what the world says is is good. It's not what the world says is successful. We can't define what God says is good as what the world says. Right,
0: good. yeah. Because the world doesn't care about your real goodness. Right,
1: right. And so we need to take into effect, I was um, trying to remember, and I, I can't because I don't remember things, but <laughs> there is somebody out there you had a great analogy of a tapestry and that when, what we see is happening in our life is we see the knots and the ugliness as the good things happen to us and the bad things, But God is seeing that the right side of mm-hmm. the tapestry. He's seeing that beautiful picture that he is creating through us. And so um, we if we we need to change our focus so that we are not wanting the good that the world says we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wanting the good that God says we should have Absolutely. and that we will have. And I think um that word should also remind me of um, you know, knowing somebody else who walked through a terrible tragedy and and your mind goes to, well that's not how it should have been. That's not how it was supposed to happen. Um she wasn't supposed to get to this stage in her life and not be able to experience these years with her husband. Right. Um and yet, those shoulds are defined by the world, right? And so, we need to be careful that we're not defining the way we think our life should be based on what the world says
0: it should be. Exactly. You know, don't be conformed to this world. Right. Um, yeah, the world has has nothing for the believer. It should not. You know, the, as we've seen that the, that song. Um, the things of the world should grow strangely dim. Mm-hmm. You know, in the light mm-hmm. of the love of Jesus. Um, as you were talking, I began to think also, so then how do how does how do the how does the Lord, how does the Holy Spirit know, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder here, or I don't know if you're gonna make this point, but how does he know um what we need uh, for this good to occur? You know, in this sense for him. Well doing good um exegetical work. Um if you look back at verse twenty six and twenty seven uh The Bible says that the Spirit helps in our weaknesses, so that tells us number one that the the Lord knows where we're weak in our yes, walk right.
1: mm-hmm. and in our life, right. and so
0: and we all have that. By the way, that's not anything to be ashamed of. We all have weaknesses, and we all have struggles. So He helps in our weaknesses, and then when we don't even know what to pray, He helps us and and prays for us in a sense. He intercedes with groanings. I love this passage. This is with groanings too deep for words. Right, but... I wonder if we'll ever see that. In heaven. It's just, it's my sanctified imagination. That I wonder if when we're around the throne and we're at the feet of Jesus and, and if we're there before or whenever we're there, that we'll see how the Spirit interacts with God the Father and the Lord Jesus. When there is a believer that is really struggling and just can't get the words out, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll be privy. To see, that. to see that, and to hear these the deep words, I don't right. know. Um, anyway, so and then secondly, he searches hearts and knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints. Here it is once again, according to the will of God. Right. So he knows what God's will is for every believer. God, the Spirit knows what God's will is for your life. Right. He knows what God's will is for right. my life. So he intercedes for us. So he understands that. And then he knows where we're weak. Right. He, he tie, all ties in. He, so he knows where we're weak. He knows the wheel. And then we get to verse 28.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. And that's and that you're right in bringing up, like we said before, before and after. Yes. Um, and so and how all of that ties in then to um, to continue on then into verse 30, those whom he prayed. Predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so, um, that's a whole nother study, study that we exactly. did earlier in the year. Um, but that, as God leads us through that process of being called, and being justified, and being sanctified, and then being glorified, that um, these things that come into our life, whether they are good or tragedy, um, he uses. For His good to make us more like Christ.
0: Amen. Isn't that a great thought? That um, you know, I I have very few original sayings, very few. Still, most of them <laughs> that I have. Just and any preacher that says different is not being truthful. Um, so, but there the one thing I will say, and as far as I know, I'm the only person that said this. I don't think I stole this from somebody else. Um, is this God never lets a good valley go to waste? Yeah. Guys, you you ought to be not the word excited is not the right word, but you ought to be encouraged when you're in the valley. Really, that's what this is going after, is that in the valleys God's doing something. Right. So often on the mountaintop, when you have the sun on your face and the bluebirds are singing and all the world is good, can we just be real and be honest? How many of us at those moments are running to Jesus? And saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think we very seldom thank Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of you out there, um, how can I say this correctly? You're probably more spiritual than me, and you thank Jesus all the time. Okay, well, then we'll go with that. But I think very rarely do we thank Jesus, but oh, do we run to Jesus when times are tough? Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference? Right. When we're going well, and life is peaches and cream, and it's one of those moments that Remember, a believer's life is really one of three areas. Areas: You're going into a valley, you're in the valley, or you're coming out of the valley. Right. That's really the only part you like. life. Now, the question is, how long do you stay out of the valley? You know, life, really, if you break life down, that's what it is. Right. And so, these valleys are there to make you more into the image of Christ, to do all those things you talked about. And you're not going to get to be the image of Christ if all you ever do is have victories, victories, victories. Right. You're not right. Because then you have nothing to improve on.
1: Right. And that, um, well, goodness, that makes me <laughs> that makes me think of the word endure in the New Testament. I don't know if we have time to go into that. Go but, for it. Um, well, the word endure in in the Greek is I don't know how to say it is who Hoopo man, I don't know how to say. it. Hupo mano, hoopo mano.
0: We're gonna right? go with that. Okay, that sounds good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with it. I'm
1: not a Greek scholar.
0: Nor am I. It's all Greek to me.
1: <laughs> but but what it means is is to remain under. Mm-hmm. And so I, so often when we are in those trials and when when we are in those difficulties and tragedies, uh, what's our first reaction? Lord, relieve me of this. Mm-hmm heal me from the the sickness, give me another job, whatever it is, that's our first response. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that it's not right to, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's our first response. But how much better would it be if we say, Lord, give me the ability to remain under this for the time that you have for me. Mm -hmm. And what do you want to teach me through it while I remain under this, while I endure it? And I just think when we know that that's what's being talked about in the verses that talk about enduring mm-hmm. that that changes our mind and our thought and our hearts so much
0: yes and and I think um in in doing that that um and this is a verse you almost did in first Corinthians chapter ten um verse thirteen um really speaks to what you're talking about- and it speaks to everything we're talking about right here. Because talking about being in that valley and enduring. And see, we're always, I believe, if you were to look, if we could put a screen up and you're in the valley, what most of us are doing is trying to scratch and claw our way out of the valley right? Yes. through a new job, through mm-hmm. a new uh, marriage, through a new uh, whatever. I'm going in the blank. When that's not what God says. And, and so we're not going to delve into this, but I want to read one part of it. This is one Corinthians uh, ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. could really deal with a yes. lot of that. Like the one, of, I, I have to say this. One of Satan's tricks is when you are dealing with something is to make you think you're the only person ever going through it, or the no mm-hmm. only one's ever been through it. No, the Bible says that is common to man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, not trying to chase that rabbit. This is God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide. And here's the key to this whole passage. I believe the word the, mm-hmm. the way of escape, coming right to where you is that and you may why. be able to right. endure it. Right. Right. See, in every good valley, there's, um, one way of escape that you can endure to get on the path. That God has planned for your life and your, his will for your life so that you can get out the best way. You're never going to get out till you find that way.
1: Right. And to, to find out what is the good that he desires for your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the good that you desire. It's not necessarily the good that you think is what you need, but it's the good that he wants you to have, the good that he wants you to be, um, to, to pursue, that he wants you to, to get into your life. Mm -hmm. How does he want you to be conformed to the image of Christ?
0: Right, And it's really the picture, we've all heard it, of of, um, a guy that's sculpting a piece of marble into a beautiful um, being or or whatever animal. And they have to just chip off pieces of rock. And they, you know, I I read where somebody asked um, whoever was a great sculptor, said, how do you know which pieces to knock off? And he said, I just knock off the pieces that are not for this person or right. this thing. And so he just he says the person's inside of that block of stone and I just knock off the pieces that are not a part of him. And that's what God does. He knocks off the pieces of our life that is of the world. Right. This world, I, I want people to hear this. There's nothing of this world that's ever going to satisfy the believer. Matter of fact, it's not gonna satisfy anybody ultimately. Yes. It is what what do they call it? wasted calories? You know, for us when we are eating something, they're like, no, oh, there's a wasted calories, they don't do any they're no benefit to your body. Yes. So there's nothing here um that we have that's good for us, that eternally speaking, is good for us. Um we we try to feel that I love the passage in Ecclesiastes it says God has put eternity in our hearts. And what he's saying is there, there's something in our hearts that's missing in a sense, a, a a longing and a desire. And then I go to C.S. Lewis, tremendous mind, and when he said, you know, and I'm, this is my loose translation of what he said, don't quote me directly. Basically, what he said was, if you find there's nothing in this world that satisfies you, could it be because you were made for a different right, place? Right. How true.
1: Yes, so true. Because we are not of this world. Mm-hmm. And we, and you can look up and find verse after verse that talks about, um, that, uh, we are not to love the world or the things of the world. That we are, we need to be crucified to the world. Paul talks mm-hmm. about being crucified to the world and the world to him because mm-hmm. the world becomes where well, it doesn't mean anything to you anymore mm-hmm. because, um, you are in Christ mm-hmm. and because that's, that's who you are and that's what's important to you and not the things
0: of the world. Absolutely. That's really good. <laughs> All that from one little verse, man, that we got out <laughs> of it. Um, so let's just transition now um, for the next little bit. Um, I will probably catch back up here next week, not promising that, um, on the verse that I've chosen. Um, and that is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Okay, the verse says, minute. let me get to it, so I want to read it. And once again, I'm reading through the ESV. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, some translations, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. One, no translation says I can do anything <laughs> through Christ who strengthens me. Now, let's just, let me give you an overview here really quickly. This verse, if we're going to do the context um, in verses um, four through uh, nine, it's all about rejoicing and guarding your hearts and your minds. And then tells about, and this is really what I, I, I tell people a lot. You've been here long enough to have heard this many, many times. The problem with our lives, many times, and, and our attitude is how we think. We think wrong. Right. You know, we, we think, we focus on the negatives. It is part of, I believe, innate in us to think negatively, but we focus. And I, I know as a pastor, here's brutally honest. I can have a hundred people tell me how much they love my sermon, but I tell you, if one person says, that's stunk. I'm not that's focused on the hundred. I'm thinking right. about that one, Absolutely. about how it stunk. Because we, we never have the right mind. Um, God wants you to have a transformed mind that rejoices, uh, that's not anxious, and that is always thankful because it has his peace in it. So then we get down in verse 10 and 11 and 12, and Paul Begins to talk about their concern for him. Uh, They didn't have opportunity, but they were concerned. Then verse 11, uh, I'm going to read this too. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty. Check out how he said that, of facing plenty. Uh Not having right. He he. I I get the picture as I've studied this that Paul's like, you know, that can be as big as a problem in someone's life as not having anything. Yes. Because it can make you want more. Mm-hmm. I think it was Cornelius Vanderbilt or one of those robber barons, sort of in the uh, the Gilded Age, was asked one time, "How much money is enough?" He said, "I just need the next dollar." Mm-hmm. That's the problem facing plenty. You're never satisfied with what you have. So then it goes on and um. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So the context coming in is not about anything spiritual. It's not, it's not about spiritual. That's not, did I read anything about being spiritual right. there? Right. It's not a spiritual passage. It's a physical needs passage of dealing with when you have way too much and way too little and how Man, you had that word endure. How do I endure through both times?
1: Right. Right, being content in whatever it is that you have, whether it's plenty or want, whether it's um hunger or or food, need or not any needs, what it being content in that, those things.
0: Yeah. Right. So Paul says in this, um here we go. I'm about to get you excited, <laughs> man. Um a couple um vocabulary words here. I can do. I'm going to give them to you fairly quickly because our time is running short. I can do. It means to be strong, to have power, and to have resources. So here's what Paul's saying: I have the resources available. Now I want to encourage you here. So do you? Yes. We we tend to try to supersaint all the Bible characters. Now I know some thinking. Here he goes on a rabbit trail. No, that because this is involved because I want you to get this, and this may be where we end today. I don't know. And save everything else from it. But do you not think that at times we think, well, that was the Apostle Paul? Oh my goodness.
1: Right. Yes.
0: Oh, that was Moses.
1: Yeah. But here's the truth they were just people, just like us.
0: Just like us. But see, Paul had come to the place where Paul says, I know, good I'm about to go preach (laughs) now.
1: glasses off. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Paul's got to the place where Paul says, I know everything that I need is found in Christ.
1: Yes. Right.
0: And he's tied in fully with Christ. And I believe because he, he, I believe, here's, tell me if you think I'm wrong or right. So, and this may take a while. Um, it well, probably will probably I believe Paul's life verse. Now let me give you this rabbit trail. It makes me funny. People will say, well, my life verse for this year. Right. It's your life verse. It does not change <laughs> with the year. What are you talking about? It does not, how can you, <laughs> well, my life verse for this year. No, dear one. You can have a verse of the year that you are really focused on and, and trying to live out and improve it. But if you have a life verse, do, do you it's have a favorite. life? Do you have a life verse? You don't really have a life verse? Yeah. I do. I have, actually I have two. Um, Matthew five, eight, blessed are all the pure in heart for they shall see God. I want to be pure in heart and yeah. I want to see God. And then Psalm 63 one, favorite. I've told you my right. favorite song. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you are. My God. Right. And I, I try to live according to those standards. Do I fail a lot? Yes. But anyway, I believe I fully believe in all my heart, um, that Paul's life verse was Galatians two twenty.
1: Which says
0: <laughs> I've been crucified I with, with Christ. Christ. Um is no I longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Right. Because if you really think of every epistle when every aspect of his theology it's really about being in Christ um you know I went on that big study of Ephesians chapter 1 the first 13 verses and what do we figure out 13 times it says in him Mm, uh see Paul's whole basis of theology was being in Christ and so believer no matter what you're going through you have to be in Christ go back to Romans 8 28 it's really all about being in Christ.
1: Right, because if you're not in Christ, then you don't you don't understand that good. Exactly. And so um, then you're not getting the things that you think you're sh- to be getting. You, you're not getting the good that you think you should be getting. Right. And so you're not. Um,
0: but you're not s- going to know the good you're supposed well, to be but, getting. Right.
1: You're not in the spiritual mind to understand what that good is that's coming um, or to even be able to find it or to seek after it.
0: Mm-hmm. It goes back to. That verse is for a believer,
1: right?
0: I believe this verse is for a believer because it talks about through him. So this has got to be a verse about a believer. I don't believe I don't believe fully an unbeliever will ever be content with life,
1: right? Yeah. I don't think so, and and that's why it, it's unfortunate when you see believers who are not content, because there right. are plenty of believers who are not content. Oh yes, but um, they ought to be exactly, and so, they, and, and so um, right.
0: Let me let me close because we're getting toward the end here, and I need to do this fairly quick, quickly. And I, I'm going to jump back in. Miss um, Mona will be gone next week. She's going. To, she has put in for a day of vacation, <laughs> so so we've given her the day of vacation. But I'll be dealing with this. But I want to say this: don't use this verse on the golf course. It has nothing to do with golf. Right. Jesus is not going to make you hit your drive straight. Right. <laughs> And by the way, you quote it and then you hit it off in the woods. Your other partners are going to become atheists. <laughs> you know, don't use this verse in, in ways that it was not meant to use. So anyway, so Miss Mona, would you close us in prayer? Sure. Please.
1: Yep. Lord God, we just thank you for the truth of the word again and again. and just thank you for that. And um, I pray that you would give us the spiritual minds to um, see and to understand What you are saying and to take these things that um, can be twisted, can be misunderstood, and to know what it is that um, the people that you chose to write it, um, who you spoke through, um, the context of where it was written and what is given to us so that we can fully understand what you have for us through those words. And so may we, um, especially in light of what we have talked about today, may we seek after you. May we seek to be, um, become conformed more like Jesus and not seek after the things that the world says is important or the things that the world says are good um, because that's not what you say is good. And so may we seek after what you say is good and the, the resources that you have for us to be able to do what you desire for us to do. And so we lift it up to you. We thank you for um, entrusting us with this message. And, um, and thank you that we have the opportunity to do this podcast. And we pray for those who are listening that their hearts would be in tune with you. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: And once again, this is the Mosaic of Marian, And I am Pastor Hank Menz with Miss Mona, And we are so glad you were with us today. And we'll be back next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.